Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, April 17th, and we start with local news. A Spring Hill man has been jailed for multiple crimes against children, including soliciting a minor to commit aggravated statutory rape and sexual exploitation of a minor. The Spring Hill Police Department reports 47-year-old Daniel Dimert has been arrested for the alleged incidents which took place last spring and summer. According to the department, Dimert is facing charges of solicitation of a minor to commit aggravated statutory rape, aggravated sexual exploitation of a minor, and sexual battery by an authority figure. He also faces charges of contributing to the delinquency of a minor, casual exchange of narcotics to a minor, unlawful photography of a minor, invasion of privacy, and aggravated sexual battery. His bond has been set at $200,000. A leaked audio recording shows apparent frustration on the part of State Representative Scott Sapicki with fellow Republicans who broke ranks on votes to expel three members of the Tennessee House. In the audio posted to Twitter by the left-leaning blog The Tennessee Holler, Sapicki can be heard saying a war is going on for Tennessee and the country as a whole. If you don't believe we're at war for our republic, with all love and respect to you, you need a different job, Sapicki is heard saying in the almost 10-minute audio clip. The left wants Tennessee so bad, because if they get us, the southeast falls, Sapicki added during the conversation. In an April 6th vote that has garnered national attention, Representative Sapicki was among those voting to expel three Democrats, Justin Pearson of Memphis, Gloria Johnson of Knoxville, and Justin Jones of Nashville, for protesting on the House floor during session. Pearson and Jones, who are both black, were expelled, while Johnson, a white woman, retained her seat by one vote. Both the expelled members were voted back into their seats by their respective county commissions just days after being expelled. Much of the ire was directed at one Republican, Jody Barrett of Dixon. Barrett voted to expel Pearson and Jones, but not to expel Johnson. In the recording, Barrett, who works as an attorney, cited what he felt were problems with the resolution and not having an opportunity to ask questions. You should have told leadership ahead of time if you had a doubt, Sapicki is heard saying to Barrett. And by God, if you change your mind, you should be screaming in the speaker's ears, going, I'm a no vote. How does that affect you guys? Sapicki goes on to say he has been called a racist, a misogynist, a white supremacist more in the last two months than he had in his entire life. Sapicki stated that the caucus was working on trying to find the leak source. In its continued effort to support and properly compensate its employees, Columbia City Council approved the first of two readings to increase city employee salaries by 5% across the board. The second and final reading will appear on the council's May agenda. If approved, the pay increase would take effect in June. Once approved, the raise would be part of a 22.5% cumulative increase in employee compensation rates since 2018. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said the increase is due to a recent study indicating that the pay rate for many staff positions was found to be under the average market value and that it was the right thing to do for our employees. One of the troubling things was where we stood as a city in terms of our employees being sort of under market, Mulder said. But the good thing in that trouble is that we are solving that problem and we are correcting the issue. And we will go from having 73% of our employees being basically under market to having none of our employees being paid below market, he said. 
City Finance Director Thad Jablonski said the pay increase would amount to a total cost of just over $2.2 million, which he said is unprecedented in the city's history. We've never done $1 million in one year as far as increases in compensation, Jablonski said. Jablonski added that much of the market research was conducted comparing Columbia to other cities and municipalities, such as Franklin, Spring Hill, as well as private sectors in the case of engineers, accountants, and other comparative positions. As of July 1st, we're going to be competitive within our market, Jablonski said. That's where we want to be, and I'm pretty pleased to be able to say that, he said. In addition to the 5% pay increase, the Council's May agenda will also include the first of two readings for an ordinance to establish a new employee pay scale, which Jablonski said could include additional adjustments based on today's market averages. Mulder also touched on the 22.5% cumulative increase and that had the city not taken action sooner, the new increases likely would not have been possible. Had we not been doing this incrementally over the last several years, then we would find ourselves in a much more difficult position of trying to get our employees caught up to where they need to be, Mulder said. Even though there is a significant budget item for us, I'm very thankful that it isn't more than what it is, and that's because we have had these incremental increases. Overall, I think it does send a signal to our, to our employees that we hear them, and more importantly, that we appreciate them, he said. On Friday, Dwell Boutique opened for business. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the ribbon cutting and learned more about what the new business has to offer. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am at Dwell, a new boutique right here in the factory in downtown Columbia. I'm looking at a bright, airy room full of furniture and home furnishings. I'm speaking with Ashley Pomeroy and Christy Pochet. Ashley, uh, now y'all are partners in this venture. What uh, what do you offer here at Dwell? We offer anything for the home. We offer uh, upholstery, fine art, accessories, all the gift ideas that you need, outdoor furniture, and we also offer interior design services. Oh, wow. And uh, let's see, Christy, I think I heard earlier that you can come in and if you find a piece of furniture that you want, uh, or like, you can order it in any color you desire. You can. Either you can take and purchase from the floor and take that home, or you can customize sofas or chairs, any furniture. All right. And another cool thing I noticed is you've got a place for the men to hang out while the women <laughs> shop. It's a, it's a book line sort of study looking kind of place. Tell me about that. Um, we really came up with that idea so that the men could relax and hang out and not rush any purchases. So <laughs> that's where that idea came out. So we lined it with books, comfortable chairs, a TV, all the things. There you go. All right. Now, for more information, where did people go? www.thedwellboutique.com, or you can visit us on Instagram and Facebook, Dwell Boutique TN on Instagram and Facebook. All right. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, this afternoon at the grand opening and ribbon cutting uh, for Dwell Boutique here in the factory in downtown Columbia. I've been speaking with <laughs> Ashley Pomeroy and Christy Pochet. Thank you. Thank you. Congressman Andy Ogles announced that his Columbia District office is now accepting submissions for the 2023 Congressional Art Competition. Each year, high school students across the country participate in this contest to have their artwork displayed in the nation's capital for a year. 
One piece is selected for each congressional district. All high school students in Tennessee's 5th Congressional District are encouraged to participate. I am confident that the 5th District has some of the most talented young artists in our nation, and I look forward to seeing each and every piece that is entered, said Congressman Ogles in a press release. Each entry must be original in concept, design, and execution, and may not violate U.S. copyright laws. For more information on the competition and its guidelines, you can visit www.ogles.house.gov. The deadline for submissions is Friday, April 21st at 5 p.m. All entries must schedule a drop-off or pickup with Amy Lewis. You can email her at amy.lewis2 at mail.house.gov. All teachers are encouraged to make scheduled arrangements two to five days before the April 21st deadline. On Saturday, the Kiwanis Club hosted its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser. Our own Del Kennedy attended that event and spoke with event chairperson Suzanne Ganser. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am with the Kiwanis Club of Columbia. We are out at the Murray County Gun Club, where the Qantas Club is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser. Uh, I'm speaking with Suzanne Ganser, who is the chair of this year's event. Suzanne, how's the day been? It's been spectacular. We've had an excellent turnout, and we had plenty of volunteers, and everything went really smoothly. So I'm really happy. Very successful. It's a beautiful day. There are a lot of shooters here, and there are a lot of top talents here from various universities and schools around the area. Uh, And I understand you've got a $1,500 scholarship for the student who or the student team that does the best or $1,500 college scholarship. How does that work? We have several scholarships, actually. We have a $1,500 scholarship for the top youth individual shooter. We have a second place $1,000 scholarship for the second place youth shooter. And we have $500 for the top youth team. Uh, And that team also gets a gift card. Wow, that's fabulous. And as always, uh, the money raised by Qantas goes to child literacy, correct? Uh, That's one of our many things that we champion. Um, We've got a couple of other major projects that we're looking into and um, but major uh, our major one is children's literacy in Murray County. It's just fabulous. Again, I'm Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm with the Columbia Qantas Club. I'm at the Murray County Gun Club where they're have are, are right in the middle, I'd say, of a, a tremendously successful Sporting Clays event to raise funds for college scholarships and for child literacy and perhaps some other good things. I'm speaking with Suzanne Ganser, who is the chair. Suzanne, congratulations. Thank you so much, and I just want to thank everybody for the turnout today. Join award-winning songwriters Mark Allen Springer, Mark Nessler, and more for a round of golf and a fun time singing and swinging to benefit the Tennessee Children's Home. For over 20 years, Tennessee Children's Home has put on a golf fundraiser, successful in attaining the resources that change the lives of at-risk children and youth in Middle Tennessee. They are grateful for all of the community support and love for the vulnerable and hopeless We invite you to help make an impact on at-risk children and youth in Tennessee. Be a part of this work by being a sponsor or player for the event on June 5th. For more information, contact Chris Dowdy at 931-486-2274, extension 218, or you can email him at cdowdy, that's C-D-O-U-G-H-T-I-E, at tennesseechildrenshome.org. 
The unplanned approval of a hefty budget amendment by the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen totaling $14 million in additional budget costs for the 2022-2023 fiscal year has raised concerns in government transparency and spending. During its April 3rd work session, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approved 8 to 1, a $14 million amendment to its 22-23 fiscal budget, representing an overage in the original approved budget this fiscal year. The extra funds were used from the city's general fund. Alderman Hazel Nieves, who was the sole descending vote, was quite vocal regarding the reasons why she voted against the amendment. One major concern was transparency from staff, particularly the lack of detailed information provided to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen about what the amendment entails and why it's needed, she explained. Nieves expressed concerns over issues that have arisen over the last nine months since the previous budget's approval in 2022. It is very vague and assuming a glaring lack of information to substantiate and justify increases in the budget, Nieves said. Of all the amendments we've had over the last five years, this one has to has the least due diligence, in my opinion, she said. Nieves also stated that the Board of Mayor and Aldermen has not received up-to-date financial reports dating back to September of last year, meaning city staff has more or less been operating blindly during its budget cycle, she said. The amendment included an additional $3.3 million in miscellaneous revenue that was added to the budget without the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approval prior to being sent to the state comptroller's office, Nieves claims. In other words, the budget that was submitted to the state was not the same budget the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approved, according to Alderman. The city's latest audit has also been delayed leading up to next fiscal budget, which will be up for approval in June. City Administrator Pam Kasky said while city staff might not have done everything perfectly, she believes no decision made has been harmful to the city. The city is still on sound financial ground, Kasky said. We are still spending money in accordance with our purchasing policy, she said. Alderman John Canapari also shared concerns about the increase in overall expenditures reported, especially when it amounts to $14 million from the general fund. He also admitted that he should have made a better effort to uncover the information the Board of Mayor and Alderman had not received throughout the year, such as financial reports and building permit numbers. I'm embarrassed, publicly embarrassed, in putting my trust in an amendment that I thought made sense and putting my trust in the financial staff and our city administrator, Canapari said. Kasky stressed that much of the increases are due to factors like inflation, increased construction costs, supply shortages, as well as the city hiring several new employees over the last year. Kasky added that the budget is not operating negatively, and while the additional $14 million is reported, there is an additional $300,000 floating budget, that, and that there has been more revenue calculated versus expenses. I'm not sitting here telling you that everything in this is perfect and that we didn't wish it were different, but we've gotten through the conversion, are on a better standing, and are moving on, Kasky said. We can beat on people all you want, but that isn't really going to accomplish anything. If I need to do my flogging in the public square so everyone will recognize I own this, I'd be happy to. But the reality is, we need to move forward, she said. Nieves responded, saying Kasky's comment substantiates what I've been saying for a while, that we've been operating in the blind, she said. That's a lot of time where we are not able to see the details with what's going on in this budget, Nieves said. We have to have that information to make sound decisions, and here we are facing up to $16 million over the budget that we approved. And in the meantime, we keep rolling down the road with these big spends that come in. 
Some of the big spends include approving construction on a $36 million Spring Hill Police Headquarters, as well as designs for a new Spring Hill Fire Station, which would include hiring 12 new firefighters with needs for equipment, vehicles, and other additional expenses. Nieves later cited a capital cash flow analysis recently sent to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, stating that after such expensive approvals like the police headquarters, there would be no money available for additional capital expenses projected until 2026, thwarting the funding of major road projects and infrastructure, expanding City Hall, and relocating and or expanding the Spring Hill Public Library. We've got, in my opinion, trouble everywhere, Nieves said. And now your hometown memorial, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Dennis Glenn Thurman, 62, a retired employee of Tennessee Farm Bureau for 24 years and a resident of Columbia, died Friday, April 14th at Murray Regional Medical Center after a long and courageous battle with cancer. Funeral services for Mr. Thurman will be conducted on Tuesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 12 noon until service time at the funeral home. Mrs. Lois Poe Gilliam, 95, retired secretary and wife of Boyd Gilliam, died Saturday at her residence. Funeral services for Mrs. Gilliam will be conducted Thursday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 5 until 7 p.m. at the funeral home. Mr. Archie Bubba Russell, Jr., 76, a retired employee of Vought Aircraft Industries, Grand Fire Protection, and Williamson County Highway Department, died Saturday, April 15th. Funeral services for Mr. Russell will be conducted on Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Williamson Memorial Funeral Home in Franklin. Burial will follow in Green Cemetery in Prim Springs. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Williamson Memorial Funeral Home. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. William Lee Barron, 88, a retired educator and a longtime resident of Columbia, died Saturday at his son's residence in Manchester. Funeral services are incomplete at this time and will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important. But we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have sunny skies today with a high of 68 degrees. Winds will be out of the west at 10 to 20 miles per hour. 
Tonight, we can expect clear skies and a low of around 45 degrees. Winds will calm a bit out of the west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carried both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. A Franklin firefighter was seriously injured after falling two stories during a training exercise last Tuesday at the Franklin Fire Department Training Center on Century Court. According to Franklin Fire Chief Glenn Johnson, while participating in an on-duty training drill, the firefighter, who was not named, climbed a ladder from the ground to the second-story roof of the training building. Johnson said the firefighter fell while transitioning from the ladder to the second-story roof of the building. He was transported by Williamson Health EMS to Vanderbilt University Medical Center for treatment. Johnson reports the firefighter remains hospitalized in stable condition. The City of Franklin and the Tennessee Occupational Safety and Health Administration are investigating the accident to prevent similar incidents from occurring in the future and improve workplace safety and health. Oprah Winfrey, Tennessee State University alumna and journalist-turned-media mogul, will join U.S. Representative Benny G. Thompson as speakers at the university's 2023 spring commencement. Winfrey will return to the historically black college on Saturday, May 6, as the keynote speaker for the undergraduate ceremony. A 1986 graduate of Tennessee State University, Winfrey worked at what is now known as WTVFTV, where she was the youngest news anchor and the first black female news anchor. While a career spanning over 30 decades, I'm sorry, with a career spanning over three decades, Winfrey has built a media empire with a focus on philanthropy. Through the course of the years, she has contributed more than $200 million to provide education for academically gifted girls from disadvantaged backgrounds. In 2020, Winfrey donated more than $20 million in COVID-19 relief support to cities nationwide, including Nashville. On July 14th of 2022, Winfrey attended her father's funeral in Nashville. Vernon Winfrey was a former Metro Council member and a businessman. Thompson is the longest-serving black elected official in Mississippi and the longest-serving Democrat in the Mississippi congressional delegation. Thompson will speak May 5th at the graduate commencement ceremony. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. 
The Music City Walk of Fame has announced three new inductees, multi-platinum country artist Eric Church, Joe and Linda Chambers, co-founders of the Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum, and Butch Spiridon, who, after 32 years, is retiring from the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation. The induction ceremony will take place on Thursday, May 4th at 11 a.m. at Music City Walk of Fame Park. Members of the public are invited to view the ceremony. Joe Chambers passed away on September 28th of 2022 and will be inducted posthumously. The induction ceremony will bestow the 98th, 99th, and 100th stars on the Music City Walk of Fame. Inductees are recognized for their significant work of preserving the musical heritage of Nashville and for contributing to the world through song. Global superstar Garth Brooks will be in attendance to induct Spirit Inn and Chambers, and Church's presenter will be announced in the weeks to come. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.